You're right there, Chance. Chance, you should have you should have done it again. That would have been oh my gosh, that was great. Yeah. Oh, bigger overreaction. Josh, Ravi, Chance, man, RG three loved uh, muchachos. He was. Mm. Uh, RG3, he just tweeted about Muchachos. He's a big fan. He's a big fan. He had the uh, Pipeline Burrito, this edition of Bigger Overreaction, brought to you by Burton when your plumbing's hurting. Just call Burton. The lines are still full at 402-951-1620. A couple score updates real fast. Iowa 10-0 on Minnesota right now. That game being played in Minneapolis. Where? Uh, Minneapolis. Oh, okay. Minneapolis. And uh, Ohio State only up. Ooh. Only up ten to six was the last Ooh. score that I saw on the Maryland Terrapins. So perhaps another team looking ahead to the game next week. Also, George has been playing with their food throughout the first half against Kentucky. They're up six nothing right now. Forty seconds left. They are in field goal range. Kentucky's had a couple uh, red zone turnovers Dude, too. I know. What a one uh, brutal. This- Disaster. Absolutely brutal. So uh, Georgia with the ball right now at the 34-and-a-half-yard line of Tennessee. Uh, so, yeah, they're in field goal range at this point in time, and uh, we'll see if they are able to extend their lead, go up by perhaps multiple scores as the first half comes to an end. If you missed it earlier, a couple of crazy endings. Michigan came all the way back. Oh. First of all, so they were down 17-13. to 13. They drive all the way into the red zone. Then they get pushed back a little bit because of some bad play calling. They settle for a field goal. They, so they're down by one point. They get a three and out. They get the ball back again. They move down the field. They're the beneficiary of a call that it was obviously incomplete. They reviewed it. They still said it was a completed pass, even though it touched the ground. Well, and before that... I wasn't sold on that defensive pass interference call either, honestly. I missed that play. I missed that play. It, uh, I think you talked about it live, but you didn't see the replay, and it was pretty bad. Oh, really? oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Okay. I don't think there was much there. So, but the incompletion was or horrible. The completion incompletion was a terrible horrible. call. So, the ball clearly hit the ground. Yeah, and so they ended up kicking a field goal. And so they won. They're undefeated. They're 11-0 and uh, ahead of the Ohio State game next week. Speaking of crazy endings, though, the one that happened between TCU and Baylor oh. is... Absolutely bonkers. TCU, they come back, they make it a two-point game, they drop a wide-open two-point conversion that would have tied it, but they end up getting, speaking of three-and-outs, they get a three-and-out on the Baylor offense. They move the ball down very, very quickly, but then they go. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so they're in field goal range. They go run up the middle they, on first down with not a ton of time left. The clock's uh-huh. ticking. They spike it to clock it with 22 seconds left. And this third and seven at that point, I thought they were going to bring on the field goal unit at that point. They run the ball again, and they can't spike it again because now it's fourth down, and they have to rush the field goal unit on, which yeah. they do, and they kick it as time expired. But it looked for a minute like they weren't going to get a field goal off. Yeah, and apparently uh, after the game, Sonny Dyke said like they practiced that situation. So that's good, at least, that they kind of knew what they were comfortable, doing. But, but I don't know why they put themselves in yes, that position to make, it, to make it that hard. But they get a victory, and so now they're 11-0, and and man... I thought this was going to be the one that might do them in. I picked them yesterday on the show just because I was like, Uncle, Uncle, TCU, I finally pick you. And, of course, they uh, they go right down to the wire. They could have lost that game. So still, though, the same number of undefeated teams right now in college football as the season comes to an end. Uh, and we will uh, keep you updated as we roll on on Bigger and Overreaction, brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Nebraska chill. Back to the phones we go, and Rich is up next at 402-951-1620. Hey, Rich. Hello from the outside and say 
Staten Island of uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, nice. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, not to change the subject or anything, but uh, David Benning. Yeah. This is the first time I've heard the radio broadcast, and that guy's good. I don't know. Uh, I listen to a lot of football, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Oregon. He is awesome. And then he put, put him aside, uh, Greg Sharp. That is an awesome tandem. Really was enjoyable to listen to for once. Nice. But anyway, just thought I'd throw out a bone for Damon. Great job. Now, is he permanent? Does anybody know? No idea. No idea. I, finishing up this season and then probably go from there. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope he stays on. It sure is enjoyable to listen to him. Okay, guys. Have a good day. All right. Thanks for the call. 402-951-1620. Got any takes on the announcing crew? Anti-RG3 boy? I'm not anti-RG3. Disgusting. I am not as enamored with him as some people are. I think he is a really good... He's like the Bill Walton of college football. Yeah. He's kind of... uh, Probably... Probably don't want him on like a marquee game. Wow. You, what are you saying about Nebraska-Wisconsin? Uh, not a great matchup. Do you hear this, Robbie? Do you hear this? I promised you a uh, Service Academy t- text. Uh, this is from uh, Pedro. The best coaches are in the Service Academy. They can do more with less. You guys are worried about wide receivers. Who cares? Nebraska was the best when we had an offensive line. Get the best linemen they can. Get the best running backs they can. Get a serviceable quarterback that can run and pass. They will give the defense a rest. And they don't have to be on the field all game. You want a winner, but you don't want to go back to winning football. Option football will get you there. Thank you, Pedro. It took us like a full hour and a half to get uh, go back to the option text. I am kind of surprised it took that long. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, a little bit. Kind of surprised. Uh, we haven't had a fullback yet today. Fullback no, call. Yeah. I mean, I guess kind of when you say option, you kind of are leaning fullback. Yeah, right? but a lot of times you get them separately. A lot of times you get both. You get the, mm-hmm. oh, we need to bring back the fullback. And so they kind of say... They kind of say fullback, with so they don't have to say option. It's like a dog whistle for saying fullback. Yeah, they're like, you hey, know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, if I mention the option, you know what I mean. Yeah, or if I mention a fullback, you know I mean triple option. Look, if if Nebraska hires Jeff Munkin, um, here you will get your wish. I don't think. I don't will. think you will actually. He's been on the record saying he wouldn't run a straight yeah. triple option. Yeah. anywhere else. Also, I don't want to relitigate it. I want to get back to the phones, but. We've talked about it before. Like I would love to read it. It would lower the seal. I know. You're arguing about <laughs> Frank Solich with no, Doug. I'm not. You're still arguing with him about Frank Solich. Robbie, it's been so long. We don't have to do this. Like, we have to go back. Oh, but like we've talked about before, you lower your ceiling if you're an option team. If you're bringing, if you're running the true triple option again, you're... But Tom you're Osborne didn't lower his ceiling yeah, with I the know. option. People forget about the 90s. It's a different, it's just a different era. I, I don't... Like, I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. You lower your ceiling. I think you might raise your floor, but you're also lowering your ceiling. All right. People forget the ceiling is the roof. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, Bill is up next. Hi, Bill. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Hey, all right. Let's go back to uh, 97. Oh, God. No, Bill. No. Yeah, Bill. No, let's no, no, do no. it. You guys want to keep talking about Frankie. It ain't Frankie's fault. It's uh, Tom Osborne's fault. That's what I Bill said. Never got to hire Bill. Bill Byrne never got to hire his coach. That's what I said. Bring me Mac Brown in '97, and I'll bring you titles. Exactly. That's where I'm at. Let's so go, Bill. Bagging on Frankie. <laughs> Josh, 
Well, how are you? You're still in diapers back in 97, weren't you, Josh? No, it's not. I remember 97. Uh, come on. Man. I didn't want him to hire Frank either, dude. I agree. They yeah. should have had Mac Brown. That's the, right. The agreement boys. The agreement boys. So, now we speed it up. Now what do we do? We don't know what we do. What? And I and Mac Brown, Mac Brown probably should have been the coach. Maybe, I don't know. They could have had Urban Meyer out of Utah. They could have had a bunch of different things. Sure. So everybody's banging on Frank. At least Frank won. Frank took him to the last national championship they've ever been to. People forget. Last, last conference, conference title. title. Exactly. Then you had Callahan, which... Uh, then you had Pelini, which is a mental case. Riley was a nice guy. Then Frost, I guess, I don't know. Worst but coach the ever. with Tom, he, he wouldn't let us have gambling or strip clubs. Or alcohol so in the stadium. Know. Exactly. So it's, a lot it's of all stuff. Tom's fault. Blame Tom. Going back. Great, I blame Tom. Great call, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Later. By the way, we, uh, we want to say... Big fans of Damon's work on the broadcast. We love Damon. Yeah, we didn't say anything negative no, about it. No, I just, I, I think the reason we were awkwardly silent is the caller seemed to think that Damon still worked here. Yeah, he doesn't, that work, was, he doesn't work here. That's what I took it as. doesn't work here anymore. We love Damon. I thought he did a terrific job. I was actually going to text Damon. I after, thought the overreaction, or uh, the breakdown was going to continue, and then he ghosted me, so he didn't respond to my text, and yeah. here we sit. Well, I was going to... Miss you, Damon. If you're, listen- if you're listening right now, we miss you. Yeah. I was going to text him after the game that it, it just makes me really happy that he's on the call and seems mm-hmm. like he's having a good time. I think he does a great job. Yeah. We love Damon. One more game for him this year. Yeah. Gonna, Hopefully he gets the full-time job. I was I imagine he would. You know. He's really good. When you have people fill in for a long time on the radio, it's nice to give him a full-time opportunity. 402 <laughs> Hank is up next. Hank, do you want to talk more about Frank Solich? No, but I've been around since the 60s, so nice. I know about Frank Solich. <laughs> nice. I'm getting tired of losing. I, yeah. I don't care every day until the game starts, and then I fall right back into it. So anyway, I have a question about the game. Yeah. Do you think they should have let him score when there was 125 left and had more time on the clock with more timeouts at the end of the game? What's your opinion? I'm going to hang up. On- All right. Thanks for the call, Hank. You know, it's funny. We're almost two hours into the show today. Hank is the first person to say that on the air or ask the question, should they have let them score? I saw that criticism in the moment. Before, like, anything even happened. When they got down there, people were saying, like, hey, let them score, let them score. I've seen that from a few tweeters and, and uh, emailers throughout the show today. Um, look, I guess I, in that moment... I didn't think that they were going to hold them out of the end zone. So I guess if you have that mindset in that one second, I understand why maybe you should have let them score the touchdown. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I always go back and forth on this. You know, I, I understand if you do it. I, I do. Um, By the way, Maryland just went up on Ohio State. At that point, though, I really I understand not letting them score because at that point you trust your defense more than you trust your offense, right? Mm-hmm. And... The offense had really given you not a ton of reason to trust it. The defense had given you much more, and I know that they were running out of gas. But if it's and it got them to third, they got them to third, right? They, if it's my defense for one drive or my offense for one drive at this point in the season, I think the I think counting on your the defense. defense is the right call. Yeah, I think so too. Today, especially, I understand the argument. I, I do. This isn't like you know the Packers at the end of the Super. Speaking of the 90s, when the Packers lost to the Broncos in John Elway's first Super Bowl win, the Packers let the Broncos score. But they also had Brett Favre, a multi-time MVP, who is really, really good. Nebraska does not have a uh, 
a good offense right now. No. That showed throughout the uh, second half. Brent emails into the Equitable Bank inbox. He says, hey, Josh, I'm a little behind listening to you and Ravi on overreaction. You were mentioning the fans being taken for granted. I've heard you and John talk about this before. I've talked about this as well with family and friends, and the consensus I get back is what would happen is the product on the field remains poor even after the fans check out. Would that be the death nail uh, would that be the death nail of the program for my own selfish reasons? Showing up each week is the only thing in my control, LOL. I'm not arguing against your points. They're actually very valid. It's just the unknown. If the fans completely check out and the program remains stagnant, do we lose what little relevance we have left? Great discussion on the show today. Thanks, man. Brent, I appreciate that. And I think that that's a very solid viewpoint to have of like, look, this is the one thing that I can control. I don't want to not control this anymore. I don't want to leave... You know, I don't want to not show up because this is the one thing that I can feel good about. And Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. I also think, look, this year I think is a different story. They already fired the head coach. They're moving on, yada, yada, yada. Would it have helped the program if at any point in the last five, six, seven years, if the fans would have allowed for a a stadium that looked like it did at Texas A&M today? That might have helped, you know, because it, it would have, you would have been saying something pretty loud to the university. Nebraska fans haven't spoken in that way. They've spoken in different ways, complained on message boards, complained on radio shows, you know, maybe leave early, but they haven't really done that true kind of like, we are not here anymore. So until that happens, you know, the the program I think has taken the fans for granted. I also understand if a fan is like, I don't want to leave, you know, I get that too. Yeah, no, I I worry less about them not coming at all and more of it being, like I said, like a pre-2016 Cubs where it's just, hey, this is what we do on Saturdays because it's what we do, but mm-hmm. we're lovable losers and we don't really get that invested because we know it's never going to go well. That's my concern more uh, than anything. Uh, Joel says, going back to the uh, letting them score or not, Yeah. Um, he says uh, the win, going into the win on the offense at the end there kind of sealed the deal for him on not letting them score. That's And that's a great point. Yeah. And Padilla also says on the letting them score thing, are we sure the officials would have actually stopped the clock when they were supposed to... <laughs> Had to try it anyway. Great point. Great point. Let's go back to the phone. Sam is up next here as we move on into the 4 o'clock hour on Big Red Overreaction. What's going on, Sam? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Calling you from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, so I feel bad for all the Husker fans that had to deal with that 20-degree day. It's nice 75 here, but I wanted to kind of take it back to the uh, coaching thing. Um, You know, for one, I, I, as a fan, and maybe it's because I'm five states away, I'm totally over it. I'm done. I've uh, I've given up at this point, and uh, I really don't even watch the games. I just I'll listen here and there, and I'll peek on the TV. But and I think that's to be expected. I had never expected uh, Mickey to pull something out of his out of his hat. But at this point, I think uh, finding the right coach is extremely crucial. Um, you know, and and everybody talks about talent on kids, but I don't think that that really has anything to do with it. I mean, it does play a part, but uh, if you get the right coach in there. Um, you can definitely turn stuff around very, very quickly. My girlfriend's a Tennessee Balls fan, and I mean, just nice. look at that. Obviously, two years in, and the guys got him up in the in the top ten, top five. So, um, at this point, you know, forget the kids and forget the recruiting aspect of things. On how ultimately crucial that is, if you get the right guy in there that can that can make stuff happen, that's what's going to make this program great again. And uh, at this point, if uh, if these guys keep Mickey. Uh, as the head coach into next year, I, I think it will be ugly. I don't think it will be good for us. Uh, I think that would be a huge mistake on Trev's part. Um, and uh, ultimately, if they don't get the right coach, as you guys were saying, you know, I think maybe one season, not even two, before the stadium uh, is half full, and uh, that will be the dagger for us, I believe. 
You should have called Sam. Yeah, I I think you get a full season with a new coach. I think you get the full season. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if that looks a lot like it did this year or a lot like Frost's first season did, then yeah, you might be in some trouble there. Um, I still don't think we're talking about it dropping to 50,000 fans or anything like that, but the sellout streak probably dies. Um you know, I don't know. I think a big part of them staying around this year as it's gone on is... Is the sell streak? Well, that and, like, it's Mickey in charge, and before that it was Frost in charge, and so I think so people... Nebraska just, guys. Yeah, but, like, if it's someone that doesn't really have a tie here, you know... I think you get a full... they got full, up to a bad start, I think people would... But I also thought that that would happen this year, so maybe I, I'm just wrong. Maybe I'm just wrong. Yeah, I just... I. You know, this is, a, what, sixth straight year without a bowl game? Yeah. I think... God. A decade. Half decade. I mean, over a half decade. It feels like there hasn't been any real... It doesn't feel like there's been any real momentum towards people not showing up or not supporting or anything like that. Like, I just don't know... I don't think that Nebraska should take them for granted, but I also just don't know how many people are actually willing to cut ties. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we see people continue to be involved with toxic family members every year around this time, so... That's kind of what Nebraska football is at this point, isn't it? It's that kind of racist uncle that you hang out with say, at Thanksgiving anyway. I always love that it's always the uncle. Yeah. The poor uncle. It's never the aunt. It's never the aunt. It's always the uncle. Well, the aunt just kind of keeps to herself until she's had about four glasses of wine, and then things get wild. Uh, Joey says on YouTube, Please, God, no Leipold. We're going to hand the keys to a mansion to a guy that drives a Mercury Topaz. I'm Lance unfamiliar Leipold. with the Topaz. Yeah, but I, I'm guessing that's a pretty bad car. It's probably not great. Man, tough look for Lance. I'd be okay with that hire. At uh, least he's somebody with a driver's license because we've kind of been hiring people that are like a 14-year-old on a farm getting in his dad's truck at this <laughs> point. <laughs> with a big dip in their mouth. This edition of Bigger Home Reaction brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Nebraska chill. Also brought to you by Equitable Bank. Uh, we take banking personally. And also we love arguing about Frank Solich. Uh, brought to you by Burton when your plumbing's hurting. Just call Burton. Yeah, All right. that's my fault. Full bet. You're still arguing. I see the tweets, Rob. You're still arguing. I can't help myself. Ravi is good. If you want to argue with Ravi about Frank Solich, friends, do so all night long because he will argue with you. All right. Most have, people support me. There's a lot of support for my take. for my take. Oh, look, I'm with you on that one. Uh, we'll we'll come back. We will wrap up today's show. We have a full bank of phones, and then we will send you on in to the Saturday evening where Ohio State is trailing. We've had a crazy day. Just no one has gotten. Upset it's been yet. close. We've had some. We've had some near it's misses. The Scott Frost of upsets. Close. I, I want to say officially and for the record, we love listening to Damon <laughs> Benning on the call. It's the best. Huge fans. Very talented guy. Yeah. I liked it when he was on the Big Ten Network, too. I liked yeah. seeing his beautiful face on my television. Yeah. But hearing his H- voice is handsome, nice as well. Handsome, handsome talented. Handsome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just love him. A good guy. Good guy all around. Good friend. G- great friend. The the breakdowns were awesome back in the day. Yeah. RIP. We miss him. Yeah. 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 Maybe they race from the dead someday. Maybe. Probably not, though. <laughs> all right. We'll come back and uh, wrap up the show uh, when we return here on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg.